the total income minus the total operating expenses. And this is what's used to actually determine the value of the property. So when you're underwriting a deal, the net operating income isn't as important, although is what your lender will use to underwrite your deal. So that's what they'll base the debt they'll provide on is what's the current net operating income. It's that time of year again, tax season. Dun, dun, dun. How are you doing on tax season? How's that treating you so far? Well, if you have a lot of receipts and you're organizing things like your income and expenses and creating reports, and you're also trying to keep up to date with the new tax reform this year, there's a lot of deductions that we can take to maximize return, and there's a lot of strategies that we need to make sure we're aware of. Are you optimizing for the new tax laws? Well, our sponsor, Stessa, teamed up with the top real estate CPAs to offer you the ultimate rental property tax guide in I've read it. This is the ultimate rental property tax guide. I'm talking about they've got everything covered from opportunity zones to entity selection to establishing a home office, travel expenses, what type of travel expenses are deductible, real estate strategies, tax strategies, capital improvements versus repairs. I mean, this is the ultimate rental property tax guide. And you can get it for free by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. You have to sign up for an account, but the account is free. So when you sign up for a free Stessa account, you will get this guide. This is worth its weight in gold for sure. Go to stessa.com, S-T-E-S-S-A.com forward slash best taxes. And when you work with Stessa, Stessa is a tool that helps every rental property owner track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate investment. So it's going to save a lot of time during tax season, but then also through the rest of the season as we go and grow our rental portfolio and optimize that. So go to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. Get that ultimate rental property tax guide. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode And for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, best of your listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air a two-part podcast series about a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. Typically, these series are four to six to eight parts, so the entire series is over multiple weeks. But for the majority of these series, we offer some sort of document or spreadsheet or resource for you to download for free. All of these free documents, as well as the past Syndication School series, can be found at syndicationschool.com. Today's Thursday, so this is going to be a continuation of what will likely be a six-part series entitled Breaking Down the Apartment Financials. So in parts one and two, we broke down the rent roll, and in parts three and four, 
which includes today's episode, we're going to break down the T12. Yesterday, or in part three, we talked about what a T12 actually is, when you use it, which is during underwriting, and then when you're executing your business plan. We kind of took a big picture look at how the T12 flows, how you find the T12, and what you should do with the T12 more specifically during the underwriting process and when you're executing the business plan. And then we actually walked through a sample T12 from a deal that Joe did. And we got through the first major section, which is the income section, which consists of the rental revenue and the other tenant income. And then below the rental revenue, there were 10 to 15 line items and then other, the other tenant income. There were another 30 or so line items that we went through and defined and mentioned what to look for when you're underwriting and what to look for on an ongoing basis for each of those. In this episode, we're going to move on to the expenses So these are going to be the operating expenses, the non-operating expenses, and really any other expenses that the property incurs. So we're going to go ahead and go through all those and define those. So by the end of this two-part series, you should be able to look at a rent roll in a T12 and be able to find essentially every single metric that's on those documents. So let's jump right in. For the overall expense section, the first category is going to be the operating expenses. And the operating expenses are the variable expenses associated with running your apartment community. So these are things that aren't going to be the same every single month. They're going to fluctuate based off of how the property performs, what happens to the property, etc. So when I go over, each, when I define each of these terms, I'm going to provide you with a market cost per unit per year for each of these different operating expenses. And these dollar per unit per years are going to be for Apartment communities that are located in major markets that are 200 units or more. So if you're working with a smaller property or if you're working a secondary or tertiary market, these probably apply to secondary markets, but probably not tertiary markets. If that's the case, then you're going to want to talk to a property management company and the broker to help you determine these accurate market cost ranges for your specific market. But for now, since most of you are likely investing in major markets, we're going to focus on that and the gray areas you're going to have to speak with a management company. So generally, the operating expenses are going to be broken into nine major categories. So these are the nine categories you should have on your cash flow calculator. And the next series, the series after that, when we start going over underwriting and we give away the free simplified cash flow calculator, you'll see that there are nine different categories for operating expenses. So if you come across a T12 that is not broken down into these nine categories, then you're going to have to do some rearranging, which is why it's going to be very important for you to download this and see, okay, for utilities, what is considered a utility? What is considered a contract service? What is it considered maintenance repairs? Because you might come across a T12 where all the maintenance repairs, all the contract services, and all the turnkey make ready costs are all within the same category. And you're going to have to pull out what is what and break apart that one category into three categories. So this portion of the podcast is going to be very important, so listen closely. So first, we're going to have the utilities. So that's going to be the costs of the utilities of the property. So you'll see that there is the electric for the vacant units. So if it's vacant, you got to pay for those utilities. There's the house electric. So that's mostly exteriorized electricity for your amenities, so your gym, your pool, your lights for your barbecue area, lights for your pet park, things like that. You're going to have the electric for the clubhouse or your office then you're most likely going to be paying for gas and heating oil kind of overall for the entire property. So whatever is gas for the grill or if you have a boiler, gas for your boiler, you're paying for utilities and water for the entire property. 
cable, so cable for the office or maybe your model unit. Telephone and internet for your office, as well as any waste disposal that you have. So kind of a one-off waste disposal if you're doing renovations. Because you typically have this during when you're doing renovations or just kind of trash collection in general. So those are going to be your utilities. When you're entering a deal, again, you're using this T12 as a guide to set your stabilized expense assumptions. So when you are entering a deal, you're going to want to set your stabilized expense assumption to the same annual cost on the T12. So right here, the annual utilities are approximately 230000 So if I was underwriting this deal, I'd be like, okay, well, my annual utilities are also likely going to be 230000 And then if total utility cost is outside the range of 750 to $900 per unit per year, so take that total number, divide it by the total number of units, that is over 750 to 900 outside that range, then just make a note because likely either utilities are really low or they're too high. And for anything that's outside of this market cost per unit per year range, then you're going to want to mark that down and ask the management company, okay, why are the utilities really low? Are tenants paying for parts of the utilities? Or why are the utilities really high? Is there water leaks somewhere? Is electric really high for some reason? Again, if it is too high, it's not a deal breaker because it's an opportunity for you to add value. The next category is the contract services. So these are the costs of expenses associated with ongoing contracts that you have with vendors. So this would be like landscaping, anything related to security. So patrols, alarm monitoring, emergency phone, a key maintenance person, pest control, and kind of other upkeep related contracts that you have. So these are contracts you have with the vendors. It's not one-off maintenance and repair issues. It's going to be things that are on a consistent basis. So as I mentioned, you've got your landscaping contract, you've got your security control contract, alarm monitoring contract, emergency phone contract, key maintenance person contract, pest control contract, and then just kind of a contract with probably a repair services company for they're on call if you've got something small that happened and you need to take care of it and you don't want to have your key maintenance person do it. So like I mentioned, a lot of times this contract services will be lumped in with repairs and maintenance. So make sure that when you're underwriting, you take a look at the individual line items and make sure that something that's in repairs and maintenance isn't actually a contract service. So when you're underwriting, you're going to want to set your stabilized expense assumption for contract services to the T12 amount and making note if it is outside $200 to $400 per unit per year. So if it's above that or below that, and you're looking at a 200 unit plus apartment community in a major market, then it's either too low or too high. I want to make a note to ask the broker why. Next, we've got repairs and maintenance. So these are going to be costs associated with the ongoing repairs of interiors and exteriors, including supplies, but excluding capital expenditures. So you do not want to include your CapEx costs in the repairs and maintenance. And when you're reviewing deals, you want to make sure that they're not including those in there. So if there's a line item that says new roof and it's $250,000, that's going to throw off your repairs and maintenance. So for repairs and maintenance, let's just kind of go through these. There's some that are pretty self-explanatory. So you've got equipment repairs, you've got HVAC repairs and supplies, pool supplies, you've got paint service and supplies, you've got gate repairs, supplies for landscaping, supplies and repairs for plumbing, supplies and repairs for electrical, kind of just general maintenance supplies, small tools, blinds that are broken or replaced, parking lot repair and maintenance. Again, this is not you going in there and restriping the entire parking lot. These are kind of one-off smaller repairs to your parking lot. Same with the roof repairs and building exterior repairs, 
windows and door repairs. You're maybe replacing one door, but not replacing every door, every window. Fire safety supplies, new locks and keys, new light bulbs, floor repairs, cleaning out the office of the clubhouse and the cleaning supplies, pest control products, appliance repairs and parts, general exterior repairs, water extraction, and fitness room repairs and supplies. So really anything that's a supply or repair will go under this line item, but not anything that's like a brand new CapEx type of budget. And when you're underwriting, you're going to want to go ahead and set stabilized expense to the same annual number as the T12 and make a note if that number falls outside the $250 to $350 per unit per year range. Next, we have the turnover, or it might be called turn, or maybe called make ready, or turn make ready. And these are going to be costs that are associated with preparing a unit for a new resident. Again, just like contract services, this might be included in the maintenance repairs, so make sure that you are, again, looking through the maintenance repairs line items every single time to make sure that it's only including maintenance repairs, not including things like contact services and turnover. So this is going to include things like painting units and cleaning units, and again, it's not going to include capital expenditures. So if a unit is turned and then you are doing your value at renovation of six to seven grand, you're not going to include that here. These are going to be costs associated with preparing a unit for a new resident, not renovating a unit for a new resident. So these are going to be repainting the unit, cleaning the unit, resurfacing the countertops or the floors, cleaning the carpets, things like that. When you're underwriting, you're going to want to go ahead and assume that it'll be approximately $150 to $300 per unit per year. So if the current number is $400 per unit per year, then you reduce your assumption to $300 and then make a note to ask the broker why their turn costs are so high. Likely, high turn costs is a reflection of a poor demographic and or high turnover, which is kind of also a sign of a poor renter demographic. Next, we have payroll. So these are going to be the costs associated with paying the salaries of your full-time employees. This is different from the contracts that you have. These are going to be people that are full-time employees at your property. So these are going to be things like the payroll for your main maintenance person, payroll for people that kind of work the admin jobs in your office. So these could be leasing agents, a person at the front desk. You're also going to want to account for any bonuses that are paid or temporary salaries to temporary leasing agents, as well as payroll taxes, any insurance you have. So right here we've got group health insurance and then key man life insurance. So health insurance, life insurance, any compensation that's paid out, and then your payroll processing fees if you have those. Next, we've got the taxes and insurance category. So on your cash flow calculator, these are actually broken into two different categories. So first, we're going to take a look at insurance. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we go to that, i got to go back to payroll and explain what the market rate is. So when you're underwriting, you're going to want to go ahead and assume a stabilized expense of $1,000 to $1,200 per unit per year. For the payroll, so for example, if the payroll is at the current place $800, you will set it to $1,000. If it's $1,400, you will set it to $1,200. And make a note that it's too low or too high and ask the management company why that is. This is one of those things that you might not even see if you're looking at a building that's got less than 50 units because you don't have any on-site management, you don't have any on-site people working there. Maybe you just contract out a leasing service to fill the units. So this might be way lower than this $1,000 to $1,200 range, and it might actually be zero when you're dealing with a 4-unit, a 10-unit, 20-unit. Now we can move on to the taxes insurance. So insurance is property insurance, pretty self-explanatory. 
for insurance. The minimum amount that you'll see is about $225 per unit per year. Typically, you'll see somewhere around $250 to $300 per unit per year for property insurance. So just set your stabilized expense assumption for insurance to the same as the T12, just for a good place to start. And then get a quote from someone in a ballpark quote for the property to get a more accurate assumption. And then for taxes, you've got your property taxes. And then on this T12, there's also a property tax consultant. So you'll see that at the end of the year, November, they pay about 2700 bucks to talk to a tax consultant to help reduce their taxes. But overall, this is very important. So when you're underwriting a deal, you're going to see a annual tax on the T12. But that's going to be based off of whatever the property was valued last it's going to be based off of that number. So if you plan on buying the property, and let's say you buy the property for $5 million more than what the current tax rate is based off of, and you use the current tax rate, then you're going to be surprised when your tax rate goes up by $100,000, $200,000. So when you are underwriting deals, make sure you go to the auditor site or the appraisal site and figure out what the tax rate is. Usually it'll be like 85% of the value time of 0.142435, some random tax rate number. And they'll determine what your annual taxes will be. Make sure you calculate your stabilized tax assumption using that method and don't just copy and paste the current taxes because they're most likely going to be different. Next, we've got management fees, pre self-explanatory. This is the fee paid to the management company for managing the property. So what you want to do for here for the T12, you're going to want to divide the annual management fees paid by the annual total collected income because typically... The management fee is based off of the total collected income. Just kind of get a percentage so you can see what, what rate the, the current management company is, is charging. And then for your stabilized assumption, you'll want to ask your property management company, hey, I got this 200 unit deal in this market. What percentage of the collected rent would you charge to manage this property? And what would I get in return for that? And you want to know if that percentage includes everything or if there are going to be other fees that you have to pay. And you want to know what those are so you can make sure you add those in as well. Next, we've got the admin fees or administrative expenses. So these are going to be essentially any administrative, legal, or office-related costs. So on this T12, we've got eviction costs. So whenever you go through an eviction, there's legal fees associated with that. Utility billing. So since you are most likely going to be paying some sort of utility bill, the company might charge you for using an automated service or mailing you the bills. Resident screening. So costs associated with screening out residents. So this could be background checks, things like that. Fees, dues, and subscriptions. So any newspaper or online business article or any type of group that your company or your property manager is a part of. And they got monthly or yearly fees or descriptions or dues. That's here. You've got your bank fees. So these are fees charged by the bank to you for essentially being able to collect rent via direct deposit, things like that. Payment processing. So Payment processors might charge you a percentage of the money you collect using their service. Blue Moon, that is actually the property management software that they use. So you'll see that there's an annual fee of about 900 bucks to use that. Office supplies and equipment, pretty self-explanatory answering service. Uniform, payment reversal fees. So if you are tenant submits a payment and the payment is reversed and not accepted, then you're charged for that. Power management software is a secondary software used with Blue Moon. Any IT support costs associated with maintaining or updating the website. Postage, courier, and freight, basically postage stamps. Any meetings or trainings that you have for your employees. 
Training shop, same thing. Any legal services that you use, talking to a lawyer. Permit to registration, so if you need to pull a permit from the city, there's a cost associated with that. Mileage reimbursement to your employees, and then meals and entertainment for your employees. When you're underwriting, you'll want to go ahead and just simply set your stabilized expense assumption to the same annual expense on the T12. And make a note if that number is outside of the $150 to $250 per unit per year range. And the last operating expense on here is going to be marketing. Might also be referred to as advertising. And these will be the costs associated with marketing your apartment community to fill the units. So here we've got marketing other. So really anything that doesn't fall into the other categories we're about to go over. We've got printing, so you know, printing out flyers to hand out to local businesses. Resident party and functions, so if you host a Halloween party, Christmas party. Locator fees, so a locator is essentially a company where all they do is they work with properties and they help properties find tenants, so they're kind of a middleman. Marketing events and gifts, so if you make gift baskets and drop them off at local companies. Referral fees, so if you have a referral program where if your tenants refer someone, they get 300 bucks off their rent. Promotional feed for self-explanatory, internet ads and listings, web analytics, lead tracking, office hospitality. So anything related to marketing or advertising your property to prospective tenants will be included here. When you're underwriting, you're going to set your stabilized expense assumption for marketing to whatever the amount is on the T12. And make a note if it is outside of the $100 to $200 per unit per year range. Similar to payroll and probably even administrative too. Those numbers will be much lower or potentially even zero for those smaller apartments. And for marketing in particular, this should be tied to rent, loss to lease, and vacancy loss. So if the market rent is low or the loss to lease is high or the vacancy is high, then these marketing expenses should be going up. As I mentioned, you have your total operating expenses, which is a sum of all the nine of those categories. Then you've got your total expense, which here is the exact same as the total operating expense. And then you've got your net operating income. So net operating income is going to be the total income minus the total operating expenses. And this is what's used to actually determine the value of the property. So when you're underwriting a deal, the net operating income isn't as important, although is what your lender will use to underwrite your deal. So that's what they'll base the debt they'll provide on is what's the current net operating income. So typically what I would do is I'll take the net operating income and the asking price or the net operating income and the cap rate that the listing broker claims the market is out of the property will trade at, and that can be found by looking at the recent sales comps that the broker included, just to get an idea of what the owner thinks they should be getting for this property. And that way I can determine, okay, well, if they want to get $10 million for this property, and based off of the current NOI, that's a 4% cap rate, but I know that the lender is going to underwrite at a 6% cap rate, then I'm going to have trouble getting the property at that price. So it's something that I personally use just to determine, okay, is this even worth pursuing? And does a seller have a realistic expectation of how much their property is actually worth? And then when you own the property, you're going to want to take a look at that variance column for the net operating income. Essentially, you compare what's actually happening to your budget on a monthly basis. And if that variance is high, you want to work with your property management company as quickly as possible to identify whatever is causing that variance and brainstorm ways to increase that net operating income. And you've got above net operating income, there's over 160 different line items. So you had 160 different potential causes for why that net operating income is not what it's supposed to be. Which is why it's important to know what each of those line items actually mean, as I said earlier. So now at this point, you should be a master on all of those. 
Below the net operating income, you've got a few other expense line items that aren't accounted for in the net operating income. So you've got kind of a miscellaneous expense. So this is anything that is not a operating expense that doesn't fit into another category. The asset management fee, that's the fee charged by you, the syndicator, for managing the property. Any professional or, or legal fees. So right here you've got professional so it's legal fees and then accounting services. So consulting with your lawyer, consulting with your accountant, bookkeeping from your accountant, things like that. They'll give a total other expense. And then the next is going to be the non-operating expense, which typically is just going to be the debt service and the interest. So this is the principal and interest paid by you to the lender. And then from there, you'll get your total non-operating expense. And then you'll get your total net income. This total net income is the total income minus the operating expenses, minus the other expenses, minus the non-operating expenses. And this right here is also referred to as the cash flow. So this is going to be at the end of the day, how much money is this property actually cash flowing? Now, overall, when you're looking at a T12, specifically during the underwriting process, one thing I haven't mentioned yet, and that's why it's important for this to be broken out by month. So for each of those expenses, I mentioned kind of what a market range would be. So for example, for payroll, a good market range would be between $1,000 and $1,200 per unit per year. Now, let's say for some reason that the payroll cost ends up being $1,800 per unit per year, which is, again, really high for payroll unless you're in downtown LA. So at that point, I'm making a note and say, okay, payroll seems to be very high. So let's go ahead and look at the individual line items below payroll by month. So let's say I've got the line item payroll temp, and then let's say it's between zero and $1,000 every single month. But then in one month, for some reason, it's $6,000 and it's really abnormally high. Now, instead of going back to the broker and saying, hey, the payroll costs are high, what's going on? I can say, oh, the payroll costs are really high. And I kind of looked at the T12 and saw that for one month, the payroll to temporary employees was like $8,000. Do you know what that was? That way, they can respond and say, oh, we had a really slow month, so we brought in 10 temporary employees to bring our vacancy back up again, but it's kind of a one-off thing. Well, then you can look at it and like, okay, well, the payroll is not actually going to be 1600 so it's going to be a little bit lower. Whereas if you didn't do that, you might have just set it to 16 or 1800 and might have lost on the deal because as expenses go up, net operating income goes down, which means that you need to offer a lower price in order to get the returns that you want. So multiply that by 160 different line items and you're talking about a huge difference in how much money you'll be offering for the property. So if you see anything that falls outside that market range, make sure you're digging into the individual line items that make up that overarching category. I use that payroll as an example, but it can be applied to any of these categories. And make sure that there isn't one line item that has one really high expense for one month and that's it. Because if that's the case, then you can likely set that to whatever the average is and then see, okay, well, in reality, what's most likely to happen is that payroll, it will be $1,100 if I take out that random $6,000 temporary payroll cost. Besides that, I recommend downloading this T12 and kind of walking through each of these line items just to make sure you're familiar with them. And I also recommend doing the same thing for the rent roll in parts one and two and listening to part one and... From there, we will also, we'll be doing parts five and six next week where we will be diving into the third piece of information you'll need for underwriting a deal, assuming it's on market, and that's going to be the offering memorandum. Until then, listen to part one and two and three. Listen to the other syndication school series about the how-tos of apartment syndication. 
and download your free document. This week is just going to be kind of the sample T12 as a guide, but it's still very helpful because I'm not sure if you can actually download one of these online somewhere. And on that document, the parts one through three and the other Syndication School series can be found at syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Stessa is the essential tool for tracking your rental properties, and it's going to save you a tremendous amount of time during tax season. Stessa organizes all of your rental property financials and automatically creates all the reports you need to file your tax return. And Stessa teamed up with the top real estate CPAs to offer you, best ever listeners, the ultimate rental property tax guide to help you maximize your deductions. Get that copy when you sign up for an account that counts free. So get the copy by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. That's S-T-E-S-S-A dot com forward slash best taxes. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end of the work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs, Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.